Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today, I have a fun day planned. I've got uh, a group somebody that uh, I've known um, probably recently, but we have a lot of friends in common, so I feel as though I know him really well. Uh, Mark Choi is a great innovator and, and really a great... He's the current CEO of a new startup called High Note, which we're going to discuss in much detail on this uh, show. So, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. I'm really excited. So am I. Let's jump right into Climb. Uh, this was a boutique company that you founded and you built in San Francisco and then later obviously sold to G. And you were a successful broker on your own before then. So tell me what niche you were filling in the market that made you start your own firm. Oh my gosh, taking me back to the good old days. <laughs> it was um, 2006. And San Francisco was going through a lot of housing pressures, um, and they still are. And they started deciding that there was this one part of town called Soma and South Beach and Mission Bay that was really relatively undeveloped. Lots of warehouses, lots of empty buildings, lots of land. And they were going to build high-density high-rises there. Um, very much like uh, Yale's town in Vancouver or maybe Battery Park City in New York or the West Side, um, like Hudson Yards, something like that. And I sort of saw this as an opportunity. I'm from New York originally. I love high rises. I'm a Manhattanite and, um, you know, I love kind of new condo living. So I said, well, great. Why don't I combine my passions with a business opportunity? And, um, you know, we saw the writing on the wall and decided to really focus on new developments and, um, you know, by extension, urban living, sort of like an urban city lifestyle um, brand that we really built. And that was the niche that we rested on. And we focused on one area of town and one product type. Um, and that was climb. And, you know, I think that was brilliant because I don't know if you know this, but I used to live in San Francisco, oh gosh, 20 years ago. And uh, to sort of see the city now that it was 20 years ago, it was extraordinary. But you're absolutely right. There was no high rise living when I was there. I moved to San Francisco in 95 and there was absolutely nothing like that. So, you know, I lived in, in Alamo Square in a Victorian house, and then I moved to another house on Buena Vista Terrace. And, um, you know, and everyone had that type of living. It was, um, if, you know, a lot of the neighborhoods had moratorium on heights uh, with what you could build. And so to really have that vision, I think was extraordinary because a lot of people wouldn't have and so I love the idea that you built from that. But now take me back. You have this vision. You have this vision on where you are. You're coming from New York. I'm a native New Yorker as well. And now I'm back here. Um, and how did you attract those first agents who said, you know, come and join me. Come and believe in my vision. How do you do that? You know, it, it all starts with success. And if you're doing something successful, um, 
other people want to emulate that. And I, and I think, you know, when I partnered with my partner, Chris Lim, um, who at the time was a very successful real estate agent in the city. Um, I think he was like top 25 agent in the entire city of San Francisco. I really, you know, brokerages, most of the time they start off the backs of the founders business. And that's why a lot of the great brokerages out there, they have founders or managing uh, managers who used to be agents and they have so much business. Basically the model is, you know, you have so much business that you can't handle it. So you need to hire agents to help you. So that was sort of the model. Um, Chris, um, you know, he's a marketing and branding and a recruiting and a sales genius. So I was the business guy, the tech guy, um, you know, and I had to learn sales from scratch. Um, and I became a top agent in the city as well. But, you know, Chris had a following. He really had a, a following of agents that liked his style. He's definitely a different breed of real estate agent, uh, those that know him, and, uh, but he's very successful. So, you know, two of us partnered, we decided we we're gonna do this thing. And we had a small band of agents. We had about five agents that joined us. So we were a team of seven when we first started off on this venture. We started off as a sales group and you know, we folk inside another brokerage and we focused on our model and really show success because, um, and, and you know, what, what success is in real estate is sales, right? If you sell a lot, people are gonna take notice and that's what we did. We sold a lot. Um, the strategy worked off. We built websites around the leads, around new developments um, and um, marketing or helping to market other buildings and really capturing the buyers on the, in, the buyers and not the sellers. Cause there were no sellers in, in those areas. There's no, there's nothing to sell. Sure. <laughs> all, sure. It's all new. Right. So um, that's what it really attracted us. I think, uh, attracted those agents with us. We were a powerful team and, and we decided to do something and, you know, you have uh, young and foolish, uh, fans who also want a part of that vision. So, uh, you know, the beginning part's the hardest part, but that, that's, you know, I, I think you just, uh, it, it's, you just, all you need is a few and then you need to be successful with those few. And then so the rest follows. You know, it's, uh, and you mentioned Chris and, you know, you and I met through Chris and obviously he's, you know, a great, uh, a great friend and, and, and really an, uh, amazing in what he does as you're, as you're suggesting. So you and now looking at this company, you basically built a team at first and then you had your first five agents, but you know, you, you built a, an incredible company. Those first few hires, I'm, I'm going to imagine has to have been critical to what you're now creating. So tell me how it shifts from a, a team, as it were, a powerful team. You now have seven people. Now, how does this become a real brokerage where you have a culture and, and, and an atmosphere? And, you know, the finished product that I saw uh, when I went to your Christmas party in San Francisco last year and saw, you know, your open loft concept and hundreds of agents. And tell me how that happens. There, there's sort of like a lot of steps in there, Mark. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, the, you know, it was, it's a lot of lessons. I think, um, yeah. you know, you, when you want to build a culture, it's gotta be, 
more than yourself, right? And I love that. Yeah, you need to be more than yourself. It needs to be something else that really calls to people, right? And so for us, our motto was it's not just your home, it's your life, right? So it's not about the four walls, uh, two bedrooms, two baths, um, and the deeded parking that you're buying. It's really like your whole life. Like you, your home is everything, right? It's like where you go to rest. It's where you identify. It's the neighborhood. It's how you get to work. It is everything. It's, it's defines who you are as a person. So you really have to kind of think about it from a homeowner's perspective. You know, it's not, you're not just buying an investment, right? Even though a real estate uh, purchase is very often the biggest investment for most people, but it's not just about that. It's about the, how the home makes you feel. And, you know, it's, you know, figuring out what those things are and putting it out there in black and white. Like, what is your motto? What is that culture that you're going to build? And, you know, for us, it was very much the anti-establishment. It was, we were not going to have offices. We were not going to have assigned desks. You were not going to have a landline. Why? Because everyone was starting to get cell phones. Back then, sure. everyone had a landline, right? And, you know, it was not about if a lead comes in for your listing and they call the main office, we weren't going to sell that lead back to you, right? That lead, we felt like was your lead. Um, and, um, you know, we, we, we were working at brokerages that would try to, you know, take a cut off of the lead. Um, and we just felt like, you know, it, we didn't like the way we were treated at other brokerages. Um, not to say all brokerages are that way, but the, the couple that we were at, we really didn't like it. And so we, we built a brokerage that was created by agents for agents and we celebrated the individual. Like everyone has a different story, a different skill set, a different strength and a different superpower. How can we use that? to build your business because I'm from tech personally, right? I'm from electric, I'm an electrical engineer. I am the biggest nerd or I used to be <laughs> of nerds. I would talk about all kinds of things that were super nerdy, but I became a huge salesperson in the city. And maybe I had some nascent sales skills. Maybe I didn't, maybe I learned it. But the point was, is that in, in real estate, there are many paths to being a real estate agent and you will never find two people with the same path, right? You can be a people person. I've seen salespeople who are not people person, right? They're, sure. they're totally finance guys, or maybe, you know, they're, they're all about numbers. Um, you have some that are all about leads and systems and, and following up and churning through, um, you know, uh, lead funnels. Um, and then you have people who are complete people person. They're nurturing, they, they, they really try to develop a relationship with you and they really care, you know, and it just, it's just all walks of life. So we celebrated that. We celebrated the person, the individual, and we were against the establishment in a lot of ways. Um, you know, a little, almost irrever irreverent, right? Almost, you know, where it's sort of like, this is the way we're going to do it. If you don't like us, uh, fine, go 
find who you like, right? But uh, we developed a following. We developed a rabid following and it resonated. You and know, it, it almost sounds like it was really very spiritual if you take a step back also, Mark. You start talking about this and you start empowering your team, right? And I love the words you used. You're saying, let's discover their superpower. Let's sort of see what it is that, you know, is makes them unique and celebrate that. And that's an incredibly unique sort of way to look at something. When you start looking at corporate America and looking at, you know, the corporate structures that we're used to and somebody saying that it's foreign, right? And to really sort of look at it from that point of view and then how you saw it from a consumer point of view where you're not selling them the, you're basically selling their lifestyle. This is like, how does this fit into their life? So exactly. it's really very spiritual the way that you really looked at this as a business. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's holistic in a way that it's yeah. sort of like, it's not just a job, right? Right. <laughs> it's like who you are. And, you know, we took a lot of cues from social media. Why do people like Facebook? Why do people like Instagram? And what were some lessons we could take from that? And, you know, when Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn came out, it was very confronting to a lot of people because people had a business life and they had a personal life. That's right. And you very often kept them separate, right? And it took us a long time and a lot of people a long time to figure out, hey, maybe it's not bad to mix the two. And maybe you should just celebrate who you are and be yourself and don't have a separate business life and a personal life, but why not just celebrate and show who you are and be open, right? And that's how we sort of evolved. Um, it took us some time to do that, but our agent pages, which were very well received in the industry, they were very different than most others. They weren't just your picture that you had up there with your suit on. It was very much a collection of personal pictures, candid shots of you on a hike, you enjoying your favorite activities, you and your dog, you and your kids and family, you doing whatever you wanted to show up there and no judgment. This is you, right? And for better or for worse, this is who you are. And that was the culture we really led with and it was great you know it was great it just it resonated it, there was a huge following around the country and it just felt very natural to us to be this way and the great thing is nobody else was doing it that way yep so you differentiate yourself as well and you know it's all about differentiation in real estate how do you stand out from the pack how do you appear different how do you how do you make yourself special Right. And, you know, you start thinking of it from a consumer point of view. Right. And, you know, there's one point two million realtors at, at NAR and then probably about another million that are not associated with NAR. And so you sort of have like over two million realtors in the United States alone. How do you actually connect with somebody who's your consumer, who's spending millions of dollars or whatever that price number is in their real estate purchase? You actually want to do business with somebody you love. And how do you get to know somebody, but to get to know someone who's going to show themselves to you and open up so that you feel a connection to somebody? 
Exactly. And you know, that's the hardest trick, right? And it's, it's sure. about not trying to please everyone. And once you release yourself of that need to need to please everyone, you become free. It's liberating, then, isn't it? Yeah. It's liberating. Yeah. And then when you're liberated, you're yourself. And what, what does that mean? You're confident. You're confident, you're self-assured, and you're happy. And that sure. sort of translates well. And people see that. People know. You look at someone nowadays, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, know you, I know you know. But when you see someone and you talk to someone, you know in the first few words or few sentences, is this person happy? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Are they happy in life? And if they are, it says a lot. It says a lot, right? It says a lot about many things. So anyway, it's, it's, yeah, you, you, you can't connect with everyone and you know, it's, that's okay. And you got to let that go, but you need to connect with enough people, right. To, to have a business. So. And I think that that's really a great lesson for, for the listeners who might be at different stages of their career and to start thinking about, you know, they're trying to play a chameleon in many ways to try to please everyone. And it is such a self-defeating uh, exercise because at the end of the day, you end up pleasing no one. That's right. Um, because it, it, it's, you just don't become the, the essence of who you are. And it's tough because you can't fake it otherwise. You can't fake it. And I've tried. We've all tried to fake <laughs> it, right? And, and then we learn our lessons and we come back to who we are. That's right. And it never works, right? That's and right. People smell it right away. And yes. so the best thing we would encourage was like, look, I'm going to resonate me personally with certain people. And certain other people are going to be like, I don't like this guy. And same with Chris. Sure. So, you know what, you need to team up with someone that's opposite of you so that you can appeal to as many people as possible. And so that's what we did. I Chris love and I that. Can't be, yeah, Chris and I can't be any different. I mean, you, you can't find two more different people on earth. And yet you're very complimentary. But yes, so you need to find your compliment. So we always exactly. encourage teams. Yeah, I love teams. that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so, okay, so you grew from agents, as it were, or seven, seven team members to literally hundreds of agents. How did you motivate them? I mean, you know, I'm sort of listening to you and you're motivating me and just sort of like, you know, find your inner superhero uh, and sort of like and go out there and do it, be yourself. Yeah. Um, and those are wonderful things, but you know, they're, they're great on a one-on-one, -on -one, but you're dealing with hundreds of them. And I know you probably had like an open door policy, I know, with your organization, because it was still very boutique. Yeah. Um, but how, how did you, how did you motivate your folks? Cause you were, um, you, you guys were, were really a, a force to be reckoned with in the market you operated in. You know, it's, it's funny. It's the great thing. And you know, when you work at a company, um, and you have a salary and you're being told what to do, um, you know, the management in those companies, um, is very different, right? Because yep. you're, you're going to get paid no matter what happens. Sure. And unless you really mess up on the job. So the, 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 all these management books and management theory and how to be a leader, it's all about getting the best out of people. How do you motivate people? Because they're already getting a salary, right? So the great thing about real estate is they are not getting a salary. They, they have to fight to get their commission. Otherwise, they don't 
eat or eat <laughs> right now that's not to say you just you don't do anything you just let them go on their own and they're self-motivated of course not but what we what we found was you share success stories from other agents and they have to be different success stories so you know a success story of how we use tech to win business or how we um, use some sales technique um, or some marketing technique um, or some method that won a lot of business and share that right and really be open about it you know don't hide this because and that was it like we had a sharing culture we had a culture of hey you help me it helps all of us right um you help others like we did not like selfish agents or agents that were in it for themselves and very cutthroat right, right. so right. we we do those we we didn't fire a lot of people but we really discouraged that sort of those sort of people and you know what i'm talking about too who hide and they run around and they of course yeah, they're, they're, they're not helpful. They're not collaborative. They don't share information. You know, those are not the type of people you want. They so weed we, themselves out almost because it's that sort of, you know, it, it's almost like that tribal mentality where everyone else is collaborative and one person isn't. Right. And it, it, it's almost like the tribe has spoken and yep. it's, it's, it's like, you know, they weed themselves out of those situations. They do, you know, and, and, um, we, we, we had an open floor plan in our office. You sure did. Yep. We, again, no assigned seating, no desks. So we didn't, this way we created this culture of non-competition, yep. right? Like you don't have the big corner desk or the corner office. Um, wow. You must be. So we got rid of status. We got rid of hierarchy. Um, you know, and even, our- even your client rooms felt like private cigar rooms. Yes, you know, we, we uh, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but the, the, our uh, one example was on our website. We were yeah. always like, how do we show our agents? Who do we put on the front page? Who do we, how do we order them? Is it alphabetical or, or is it by, by seniority? Is it by top producer? Is it by sales? You know, whatever. But we decided to randomize it. Really? Like every time you come to the agent page, it was in a different order every single time. Yeah. And then there'd be a different featured agent um, every time that you came. If you reload, if you went to the page and reloaded it, it would, it would mix itself up. So that's that's actually really brilliant. Yeah. So we, you know, we wanted hierarchy. We felt was the, the curse of culture. Yeah. Once you build who the cool agents are, who the top agents are, you know, and once you, give them these badges then there's like a sense of ugliness that we felt happened in an office entitlement almost entitlement yeah and you know that was the thing we saw in other brokerages um you know we also felt like a lot of the buyer agents would compete with other buyer agents for open house staffing so open houses were are a very big thing in San Francisco and how you get, you know, a great way to get a lot of customers and leads. But what we found was a lot of um, sort of trying to friend the top agent so that you would get the open house 
placement. I gotcha. Uh, right. So what we did is we took that away by, we said, Hey, Mr. Agent, um, Mr. Top Agent, you have five listings. Let us help you staff those listings. And we would staff them ourselves so that agents would not go to that, to that listing agent, but junior agents would not go to the listing agent to try to compete for these open house spots. So we took that from them and we made it very equal and fair, as fair and equal as we could. Right? Of course. And, yeah. and then we, yeah, we created this, we tried to get the competition out of the office, right? And keep that somewhere else. So that's a beautiful thing. It's oh, a beautiful you. thing. It's yeah. uh, I right, so, you know, so, to, okay. So let's, we're going to just finish the story on climb in a second. So you saw longer operational. Tell me what that transition was like for you. You know, climb had reached its, you know, I, I believe, <laughs> yeah, it's well, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 we went as far as we could with it. Yeah. We, we, we really built a brand and a company that we thought had legs beyond San Francisco and the Bay area. We just could not grow it beyond the area without more partners, more expertise, um, more management. And then when compass raised all of this venture capital money and started building their own tech and really started to aggressively poach other agents from other brokerages with big signing bonuses and yep. uh, et cetera. Um, we decided that, Hey, we also needed venture capital money to compete. Um, so we looked around, we, uh, we, you know, we, we approached um, a, a brokerage, a broker who sold real estate brokerages and really tried to figure out who that right fit could be to take us national. You know, so we tried to franchise ourselves. We tried to do licensing. We tried to acquire. We just realized that we couldn't do it without help. And we built this great thing. We were successful where we were. We needed to go. If we wanted to go national with it, we needed help. And we needed help against someone like Compass, who is, you know, at the time had raised, I think, I don't know how much they raised at the time. I can't remember anymore. It's a blur, but it was, it was something in the hundreds of millions. Yeah, I think the first round was somewhere around 400 million, the first tranche. Yeah, and then um, they came in, you know, um, and really then they raised up to 1.4 billion, I believe. And Correct. We um, you know, we said, thank God, thank goodness. We, we had, um, found Realogy or Realogy found us to, um, to take us over. So that's really what that was about. Um, you know, um, and we were glad we were very glad. Um, and they were gonna, they allowed us to keep our brand. Um, they did not ultimately do anything with it. Um, like we hoped in terms of a national nationwide rollout. But I think that dream is never dead um, because they still own the brand and they sure. always dust it off and decide to franchise it out nationwide. Um, if they decided they wanted to, um, it's a very different environment now. I think Realogy has other issues um, besides uh, rolling out a new brand, but 
um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it was uh, it was difficult, but uh, you know, very grateful. I, I don't I don't look at it as a regret. It was very much uh, a great chapter in our lives. Great and chapter. so it it brought you to where you are today, to your next opportunity. And you know, you come from a great technology background, Mark, you know, prior to real estate, you were the vice president in the Citibank CTO office, and you actually have two technology patents. I mean, you really are a nerd, huh? Yeah, I was, I was a nerd. I still am. I still am. I you love know, the gadgets. <laughs> and, you, and you actually, you started, a, you had a technology startup in mainland China, and me a little bit about that part of your life this sort of like you know this you said you came from a tech world but you really did i mean you're you're legit uh tell me a bit about that part of your world yeah you know i i i was um back in the 80s when you had to decide where what you're gonna study when you went to college computers were just coming out so i really said hey i like computers why don't i become an electrical engineer um, so I really went deep into that side of things. And I, I, I studied electrical engineering, computer engineering, computer science, and I learned how to program computers, build them. I learned about artificial intelligence. Wow. I, yeah. And I, um, I delved, I dived deeply in, in AI. I, um, and I really pursued that side really hard. I was doing all kinds of things. I had two patents that you mentioned. Um, and um, you know, I was in um, Taiwan when I started my first um, tech startup. And it was an early, early version of what TripAdvisor is today. Okay. Sort of like people post stories about their travels and uh, providing them a platform to do that and, and, and really aggregate those stories and then sell travel off the other side of it. So that was sort of our fir my first foray into it. Um, uh, but I've always been a techie, um, at heart, um, and, you know, I'm not interested in technology for technology's sake, right? I, it's interesting, um, but I'm not that nerdy, right? I, I want, right, exactly. to, I want to use technology to do things with it. So for a purpose. Yeah. And, and that really, ultimately, if you're going to work, um, and you're going to, you know, do something and try to earn a living to provide for your family and your lifestyle, then you know, what better way to do that than exploring technology. So, um, you know, technology is, is obviously evolving and growing. And I think we're still at a very early state of technology and, and real estate. Uh, when I started the brokerage, we employed a lot of tech and we developed this really big reputation as being innovative. And, you know, we just got started on that. I felt um, there are so many problems in a real estate agent's life in a brokerage owner's life, in a buyer's life, in a seller's life, in a renter's life that can still be solved with technology. You know, real estate is a very, very fragmented manual in, um, you know, uh, human intensive work intensive industry that is dying for a solution. Right. And, uh, you know, in real estate. So that's what I've started off as my next um, company. It's called High Note Labs. Um, it's yeah, really, tell me about that, please. Yeah, it's really taking the the lessons that we've learned as real estate agents and brokerage owners um, and building solutions that solve those problems. 
Um, and it's going to be a series. It's going to be product suite. We have a product suite that they're developing that will, um, you know, and you know, that will address so many problems in real estate. The first problem we've already rolled out. And the first problem is how does a real estate agent stand out and how do they close business by building beautiful and simple marketing to win over clients. So that was, that is the first product that we've built. And it's, it's essentially a pitching product where you can build a deck really fast and a beautiful deck really fast. And you send that off to your recipient, your recipient opens it and views it is impressed. And you have analytics and data as to what is being, what is of interest to your recipient. And then as a salesperson able to focus on those things and close deals are, Initial. So is your, is your consumer the agent or do you white label this by brokerage and brand? Both. So, oh, wow. you know, it's, it's selling to real estate. The real estate industry is a very specific way. You need to sell to real estate agents. You need to sell to the brokerage owners. You need to sell to the marketing people, sure. managers. You need to go all ways. So, um, you know, we, it, it works for the brokerage. It works for the agent. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's for, it's for both. And I, and, you know, we've had a, we've been in beta for some time and ever since I left Realogy, um, and we've been developing this product and having a lot of success with agents closing more deals. They're closing more sellers. They're closing more buyers. They're winning listings. And then they're winning offers. They're sending, they're using the tool to send offers with it. So, you know, the tool is multifaceted. Um, it, it does a lot of different things, but more importantly, it makes a real estate agent's life easier and it makes them more money by closing deals. So that's and really it, the product. Yeah. And in this era of, you know, post coronavirus, which we'll be living in now, where that virtual deliverable and technology is going to be so more important, I think your timing is, is stellar. You know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, um, I see these articles out there about how to operate your real estate business remotely. Sure. Especially and, now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's obviously a, it's a great thing. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not what we planned. And this is, you never want this, you never want to profit off of a, you know, a, a tragedy. Right. But it's, it's, there's, it serves a need. I mean, everyone you know, traveling and going out and seeing people in person is, 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 is necessary, but in these days, it's very hard. So, you know, how do you reach people digitally? How do you reach people from your computers? Um, you know, and, and how do you deliver beautiful, how do you make an impression, a sales impression behind a computer, right? Yep. It's, that's been the challenge in real estate, because as you know, Real estate is a people business. Of right? course it, it is. Yeah. And it always will be, but technology is there to support the, the humans. So, um, yeah, I mean, we are, seeing, I love you that. know what? And it's funny. It's, it's, um, it's, it, it allows you to, to work remotely. But what I'm finding is, is that agents are working at home. So they have time to focus on their business 
on setting up their business while they can't do business. So we're finding a lot of interest in the product right now because they have time. <laughs> they have launch, time. Mark. Yeah. What's that? When are you looking to launch? We have um, launched and we have a wait list. And, um, you know, if you go to highnote.io, we have been, um, we took the wraps off earlier this year and just been slowly coming out to the market one agent at a time. You know, it's, it's really for the right agent. It's, it's an early adopter mindset. It's someone that wants to try new things. It's someone that wants to take their business to the next level. And it's mostly going to be, you know, for those people that are going to invest in their business. So, um, but we are, we are out. So if you're, if you're, if anyone's interested, we, we are out. Highnote.io. Highnote.io. That's terrific. And I know that you're going to be great at it. Is put 120% into everything that you do. So I know that this is going to be great success for you. Thank you. Um, but I have a question for you. You've done a lot, Mark. What is the greatest lesson you've ever learned in business? Oh. <laughs> there's, there's so many. I, I think, you know, the number one thing that I take away from our experience at Climb is um, you don't need a million fans, right? And the founder of Wired Magazine said this best. He said, you just need a hundred raving fans. So what does that mean? Don't cater to everyone, right? Cater to these people who love you, right? And be yourself, be yourself, be yourself, be your person, be who you are. Not everyone's going to like you and you need to be okay with that. But you need to just realize that, hey, the people that like you are the, your fans. Those are the ones you really need to cater to because we've spent our lives trying to please everyone. And we talked about this earlier and it just doesn't work. Yep. So you just need to own it. You need to own yourself, right? Um, the phrase goes, just own it, own it, be yourself, be yourself and be proud of who you are for, for better or for worse. I think that's a beautiful, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful sentiment. It's just is that be yourself. And I think that, you know, the earlier that somebody learns that lesson, it just serves them so well in their career and in life. Oh my God. I wish I could go back 30 years <laughs> to tell myself that. Right? Yeah, you'd be six, so, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. But, you know, you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself yeah. that. I mean, I don't, I, I, I just tell my kids that now, you know, just look, man, don't, don't worry about it. Just be yourself. Don't worry about what they say. Right. So you just pass that lesson on. And I love that. That's great. Yeah. You know, and I know that, you know, you're also tropic and, you know, you do a lot for the community and for others and for other people's success in life, which is to me, it's just a beautiful thing, celebrating your success. Mark, tell me a little bit about your philanthropic efforts. You know, we, we, we try a lot around here. Um, you know, as we felt like as a real estate brokerage, you had, you didn't have just agents, but you had, you know, these were people that joined you because they feel like they have a better future with you. Mm. So if they feel that way, my God, the pressure 
to help them was, I wouldn't say it was pressure anymore. It became kind of like a calling. Like, how do I help this person be the best that they can be, right? And I always used to preach to them, look, you need to focus. You need to just pick one area you're going to be great at. You need to figure out where you're going to be great in life. So it was it was funny. Real estate brokerage is not a philanthropic activity, but as an owner, you feel like you are because you're helping sure. all these agents reach their dreams, really, right? And we we felt that way a lot. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, in San Francisco area, there's there are many issues um, besides the coronavirus, but there's a homeless. There's a huge homeless issue going on. So we spent a lot of time at charities, at food banks, at soup kitchens, really trying to figure out and how to help and give back to the community, um, you know, to help with the major need in San Francisco, which is homeless. Now, what we're doing in our family, what can we do when we're home? Well, there's apparently a shortage of masks. So we are making masks. Um, wow. Yeah, face masks for, for donation. So, you know, because you can't really do much when you're stuck at home and yeah. you could only donate so much money and that doesn't always work well. So like, what can you do to help out in the community? So you just got to figure out that need. And I think right now masks is the one of the biggest things. A lot of people are making ventilators. Um, I'm not going to go that deep. You know, our kids are not going to make ventilators, but they can make masks. <laughs> so, you know, we just need to teach our kids and, and, and you know, what what can they do? right? What can they do? So, um, you know, you always just got to find a way that to give back and help as much as you can. So that's what we're doing now, making masks. You're leaving, you're leaving this world a much nicer place, Mark. And, okay. you know, it's, it's really that whole idea about um, mentorship and giving back. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it was part of the reason that I actually started this podcast too. It was the idea that when you mentor somebody, it's almost like you start feeling responsible for somebody else's success. And at that point, you think, okay, how can I actually reach more people? And that was really the genesis of trying to do this in, in, in really talking to my friends and other leaders and, and having a conversation that, you know, hopefully will inspire those can, can learn from and be able to, to give back in that way. So I think that's a beautiful thing that you and your family are doing. Um, so I have one final question for you. And this is the one that I ask a lot of my guests and sometimes they cringe at the question, but it's always what makes it fun as well. Uh, <laughs> what's the legacy that you'd like to leave for yourself? Hmm. Wow. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you always, when you say the word legacy, you always think about your kids, right? And you think yeah. about now, but you always want to, you know, you, you, like you said it earlier, you want to leave the world a better place than you found it. Now, if there are certain things that I could pass on, you know, there, there are lessons, lifelong lessons. And, and it'd be sort of like, you know, from New York, I don't know if you remember the Knicks back in the day, but. <laughs> Yes, I do. John Starks and Anthony Mason and sure. Charles Oakley. These guys were not the most talented basketball players on earth. They worked their butt off, though, and they wanted it more 
than the other players. And they played hard. They played sometimes a little dirty. They played aggressive and they played with desire. And it's that hustle and grit and coming from nowhere. Anthony Mesa, you remember, but he used to bag groceries or was it John Starks? One of the two used to bag groceries maybe three years ago and now he was playing in the NBA. And why? Because they worked their butts off. They made their, their weaknesses, they hid their weaknesses through hard work, but they made the best of their strengths. And so not everyone is gonna be world talented at something, but I'd be damned if you do not take your talent that you do have, whatever that is, and you don't try to make the best of it. And you can't be talented at everything. You need to just own that, right? And you need to just, but for whatever talent you do have, if you waste it, it's a shame. So you need to try your best and you need to be, so I, I think, you know, I came from not a lot. We had immigrant parents. Um, they immigrated over from Singapore back during the war, but I came from not a lot and I just worked my butt off and I am proud that I did that. You know, we are scrappy, we're hustlers and we made the best of everything that we had. And if I could pass that lesson on, like you just need to use your talents to the utmost and go 120% and not be ashamed of where you're from and not be ashamed of your results. This is who you are. Live it, own it, succeed, because everyone can do it from where you are. So that is kind of what I hope that my kids would learn and everyone else would learn that, hey, everyone can be great at something. You just need to find what that is and do it. Mark, you need your own show. <laughs> you Listen, my brother, you are such an inspiration uh, that we're getting to know each other much better. You are an amazing leader in our industry and you care. You care about, about people succeeding. And, you know, it, it's rare. It's really, you genuinely care. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's such a pleasure to really have this conversation with you. It's been inspirational for me. I'm hoping that for a lot of listeners as well. And I just really thank you for the candor and, and really just for the inspiration. You really are an incredible human being. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm touched. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, you just, you just gotta do your best. There's not much more you can do. Um, that's exactly it. I mean, those are, those are words to live by, right? Yes. And um, yeah, so I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure, Mark. Thank you. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Thank you very much.